0: Welcome to episode 7 of the Radio Omniglot podcast. My name is Simon Eger, and I will be talking about Manx or Manx Gaelic, the Celtic language spoken in the Isle of Man. The Isle of Man? Where's that, you might ask? Well, good question. The other man is an island in the middle of the Irish Sea between Britain and Ireland. It is not part of the UK, however it is a British Crown dependency. This means that Queen Elizabeth II is the head of state in her role as Lord of Man, as and she is represented on the island by a Lieutenant Governor. Apart from foreign affairs and defence, which are handled by the UK government, The Isle of Man runs its own affairs. It has a parliament called the Tynwald, a word that comes from Old Norse. The equivalent in modern Icelandic is Þingdællir, which is the name of the modern Icelandic parliament. It dates back to the time when the island was part of the Norse kingdom of Man and the Isles between the 9th and 13th centuries. More on that later. The tune you heard at the beginning of this podcast is known as the Chanters tune. It is a traditional Irish tune that's popular in the Isle of Man. The Isle of Man has been inhabited by people since at least 6500 BC. We don't know what languages they spoke back then, but later on they started speaking some form of Perthonic related to modern Welsh and Cornish. And in the 4th and 5th centuries, missionaries and other people from Ireland settled in the Isle of Man and brought with them their old Irish language, which they called something like Goidelk. And this eventually developed into Manx. From 800 AD, Vikings started raiding the island, and eventually settled there and took control, and it became part of the Kingdom of Man and the Isles. Now, you may be wondering, why didn't Old Norse become the language of the island? It's not known for sure, but there were probably relatively few Norse settlers, and they would have married local women, and their children would have probably grown up speaking both Old Norse and Old Irish. And as the number of Old Norse speakers was relatively few, Old Irish remained the dominant language in the island. Old Norse didn't leave many traces in the monks' language, apart from a few personal names and place names, such as Ramsey, Laxey and Snaefell. After Magnus, the last king of man, died in 1265, control of the Aliban passed a number of times between Scotland and England and in 1405, Henry IV granted Sir John Stanley tenure of the island. By then, the Gaelic spoken in the Isle of Man was beginning to develop into a separate language from Irish, beginning to become Manx, and contact with England increased after the Stanleys took over, and they sent English-speaking administrators to the island. However, during the next century or so, Little is known about the interaction between the English and Gaelic languages in the island. In the 17th century, the 7th Earl of Derby and the Lord of Man, James, encouraged young men from the island to go and study at university in England. He also planned to set up a university in the island. However, this never happened, partly due to the English Civil War. And to this day, there is still no university in the island. One of his successors, Thomas Wilson, who was Bishop of Man from 1698, was much more supportive of the Manx language, and in fact had the principles and duties of Christianity translated into Manx. It was actually the first book to be published in Manx, published in 1707. He expected his ministers to be able to use Manx, and at the time about 60% of this population knew only Manx. His successor, Mark Hidsley, was also sympathetic to the Manx language, and made sure that Manx language materials were available in schools, and decided that Manx should be used as a medium of instruction. And soon, most schools were teaching in Manx. And during this time, a Manx translation of the Bible and other works were published. However, after he died in 1772, the attitudes of the church towards the Manx language changed and became more negative and by 1782, English was the main language used in all but five schools. The use of banks in Sunday schools was encouraged in the 1820s by the church, and this was moderately successful. During the 18th century, trade between the Isle of Man and other places, particularly England, Scotland and Ireland, increased, and this led to merchants from those places settling in the island and the growth of the towns, especially Douglas, which is the capital of the island. And the main language of those towns was English. In seventeen sixty five, control of the island was purchased by the British government from the heirs of the Stanley family, the Dukes of Athol. This led to various problems in the island, economic problems, poverty, increased use of English, and immigration of people from the island to England, Scotland, America, New Zealand, Australia, and so on. Quite a few people from the Alabama emigrated to Cleveland, Ohio. And people there, and in other parts of Ohio, and also in parts of Pennsylvania, continued using Manx as their everyday language until the early 20th century, perhaps longer than in the Isle of Man itself. So with the growth of towns in the island, the use of English increased, and also tourism started from 1833 when a regular ferry service between England and the Isle of Man was set up and the number of English-speaking visitors increased dramatically during the 19th century, from about 20,000 in the 1830s to 250,000 per year in the 1890s. This increased the demand for English-speakers to work in the tourism industry, and a proverb from this period sums up the situation quite well. When the tourists came in, the Manx language went out. Manx increasingly became associated with poverty, backwardness, ignorance, and so on, and even Manx speakers themselves decided not to pass on the language to their children, and spoke only English to them, although they did continue speaking Manx as a secret language among themselves to some extent. By the end of the 19th century, only about 30% of the people in the Isle of Man spoke Manx, and of them Only 190 were monoglot Manx speakers, that is, they spoke only Manx, and the numbers had dropped again by the beginning of the 20th century. Manx continued to be used as community language, to some extent, into the 1920s. After that, a few people learned the language from their families, their parents, grandparents or other relatives, but few of them actually used it regularly, and most of them lived isolated from one another. And most parents believed that there was no use passing on Manx to their children because, as they said, Hajinu Kullsna Ping Leshilg, you will not earn a penny from Manx. The number of native speakers of Manx continued to decline during the twentieth century, and the language was declared extinct in nineteen seventy four with the death of Edward or Ned Madrill. However, I was told that a number of other native speakers of Manx survived into the nineteen eighties. It wasn't all doom and gloom, however. From the 19th century, a number of organisations and individuals were working to try to preserve the Manx language. For example, the Manx Society published works in and about Manx, including dictionaries, Manx translations of religious work, collections of Manx songs, and so on. And in 1897, the Manx Language Society and Chisach Gilgach was set up, with the aim of promoting and preserving Manx language and culture, and collecting and preserving Manx literature. And they also tried to set up Manx language classes and lectures, and wanted to encourage people to use the Manx language. They ran a column in Manx in the local paper, the Man Examiner, and tried to reintroduce Manx into schools. However, their efforts were hampered by the Education Act of 1870, which prescribed that English would be the language of instruction throughout schools in Britain, Ireland and the other pan. Later on, from the early 20th century, various people worked on reviving the language, publishing books, dictionaries, lessons, teaching it, writing in and about the language, holding classes learning from the last native speakers and passing on the language to others, translating books from other languages, English and Irish particularly, and from the 1960s, short broadcasts in Manx could be heard on on Manx radio, only about 15 minutes per week, but more recently, longer and more regular broadcasts are being made. The first recordings of native speakers of Manx were made in the early 20th century on wax cylinders, and then in the 1920s and 30s, more recordings were made by Carl Marstrander, Professor of Celtic at the University of Oslo, and by others later on as well. In 1947, Eamon de Valera, the Irish Prime Minister, or Taoiseach, visited the Isle of Man and met Ned Madrell, who was at the time working as a caretaker at Craigneesh. And Ned started speaking Manx to Eamon de Valera, And Eamon de Valera replied to him in Irish, and they realised they could understand each other. And de Valera was very interested to discover that Manx was still spoken, although fewer and fewer people were speaking it. So he decided to send a team of people from the Irish Folk Commission to record the last native speakers. The team was led by Kevin Danaher, and they made about five hours of recordings of Manx being spoken and sung by 15 people. But those recordings provide a valuable archive, and they were remastered digitized transcribed and translated and published in 2003 in a book called and Vannin Stories of Man and some of them are also available online here's a sample from youtube this is Ned Madrill and Tom Leck. <laughs> That was Ned Madrill, officially the last native speaker of Manx, talking about a trip to Ireland where he got quite ill. Oh, well, now it's time for another tune, I think. This is the Chanter's Jig. It's an arrangement of the Chanter's Tune that I played at the beginning of this episode arranged by the Moloch Band. So that was the chances Jig, played by me on the guitar, cavaquinho, high and low whistles and the boran. In 1985, the Tinwald, the Alemann's parliament, passed a resolution giving Manx limited official recognition for the first time in its history. They also set up the Manx Heritage Foundation and the Manx Gaelic Advisory Council, Conseil Negilge, which regulates and standardises the official use of Manx. Since 1992, Manx has been taught in schools, and classes have proved very popular, so much so that there is a, a shortage of teachers and materials. In 2001, a Manx medium primary school, a Bunzgaard-Gilgach, was set up in St. John's, by and it is a very successful and popular school. Parents who don't speak any Manx send their children there, the children become fluent in Manx, and some of the parents also learn the language as well and a few families are raising their children to speak Manx, and there are also Manx medium play groups and nursery schools, and pupils can study some subjects through the medium of Manx in Queen Elizabeth High School in Peel, which is just down the road from the Bunskull. Manx language classes for adults are popular and taught throughout the islands. There are groups that meet up to speak Manx, to sing in Manx. People are writing new material, songs, poems, stories, newspaper articles, According to the census of 2011, 1,823 people claim to be able to speak, read and or write Manx. The number of actual fluent speakers is much smaller, probably several hundred, but the numbers are increasing. And now let's have a look at the Manx language itself. Manx is a Celtic language belonging to the Goidelic or Gaelic branch of the insular Celtic language family, along with Irish Gaelic and Scottish Gaelic. It is mutually intelligible, to some extent, with those languages, at least in its spoken form. The written form of Manx looks quite different, however. It is based on the form used by Bishop Thomas Wilson in his 18th century translation of Principles and Duties of Christianity, which was the first book to be printed in Manx. The orthography he used has been modified somewhat since then, but it hasn't changed a great deal. And it is based on an English with some influences from Welsh, like using a y as a vowel letter, particularly for the uh sound. Manx is distantly related to the other Celtic languages, Welsh, Cornish and Breton, which form the Berthonic branch of the Insular celtic language family. The basic word order of Manx is verb, subject, object. For example, miu me you, more I saw you this morning. Or literally, saw I you morning today. Another way you could say the same thing would be fagin you using the past tense of the verb to do as an auxiliary and the form fagin is known as the verb noun it's used in other tenses fagin i see i am seeing me fagin i was seeing me fagin i will be seeing and so on there are only 11 irregular verbs to be ve to do jin to come, chit; to go, gol; to say, gra; to take, go; to get, gan; to find, faden; to see, fagen; to put or to give, kur; and to hear, klashten. So these all have irregular forms of past and future and other verb tenses. For example, you came to my house last night it would be henku dos muhai rayer, or you would say chit Nouns have gender, masculine and feminine, although it's not easy to tell which is which. They can be made plural by adding the suffix un, yn, or changing the vowel. For example, tie is a house, tie-in, houses. Board is a table, bird, tables. There used to be noun cases, for example, the genitive case is used in Words like Tai Oli, cowhouse. Oli is the genitive form of Olach, cattle. Blukankoje, football. Koje is the genitive of cas foot. And also the evocative case is used to some extent when addressing people. For example, the Manx form of John is Duan, which is spelt J-U-A-N. And if you're not familiar with Manx pronunciation and spelling... You might think it was the Spanish name Juan, but it's not, it's Duan. And if you're talking to someone called Duan, you would address them as Ewan. The J changes to a Y. Some Manx names have become fossilised in the vocative case, so you will meet people called Ewan and Juan, Mora, which is the Manx for Mary, and Vora, which is the vocative form. Adjectives usually come after the noun, for example, a big house, it's thai more, a small house, Thai-beg. Like in other Celtic languages, pronouns have regular and emphatic forms. For example, I is me, the emphatic form is mish. You is oo, and the emphatic form is us. He is a, emphatic Asian. There are singular and plural forms of you. Oo is singular, and shu is plural. The plural form is not used in formal language. Everybody is addressed as "o" whether you know them or not. Because Manx people don't like to stand on ceremony. When the pronouns are combined with prepositions, they have special forms. For example, on me would be "orum," On you, Oth. On her, Uri. With me, Liam. With him, Lesh. With them, you. There is no verb to have. So, in order to say you have something... You say, it is on you, or at you, or with you. For example, I have a harp. Ta kleeshek em. Literally, is harp at me. I don't have children. Hanel klown m, Is not children at me. Vel klon Do you have children? You may have noticed that the form of the verb to be changes depending on whether it's a positive or negative statement or a question. So the positive form of the present tense is ta. For example, ta gilgem. I speak Manx. Or literally, is Manx at me? The negative is hanel. Hanel gilgem. I don't speak Manx. And if you want to ask a question, it's vel gilged. Do you speak Manx? And to reply to such a question, there's no exact equivalent of yes or no, so you use the verb itself. So if I asked you, Gilged, Do you speak Manx? And you do speak Manx, then you would say Teh, ta gilgem Yes, I speak Manx Or Teh, ta Began gilgem Yes, I speak a little Manx Or even Teh, ta gunsey gilg Yes, I'm learning Manx If you don't speak Manx, then you wouldn't understand the question So you wouldn't reply in Manx But if you did, you would say Hanel, hanel gilgem Manx has initial consonant mutations, like other Celtic languages. This is a process by which the initial sounds of words can change for various reasons. In Manx, there are two forms of changes for some letters, lenition and eclipsis. For example, words beginning with C or K, which is pronounced K or K. When lenited, are spelt C-H, which is pronounced K or K. And when eclipsed, is it's spelt with a G, which is pronounced G, or G. For example, cat is cat, spelt K-A-Y-T, but my cat, m'chiat, in the Manx spoken in the 20th century, this system of mutations was beginning to break down, and was not consistently applied. Most Manx vocabulary comes ultimately from Old Irish. There are quite a few loanwords from English, and some from Old Norse, and a few from other languages. In about 2008, I decided to have a go at learning Manx. I'd already learnt some Irish and Scottish Gaelic, and was interested to find out more about their lesser-known cousin. I got various books and tapes and CDs, and learnt as much as I could. And then in 2009, I decided to write a dissertation, entitled A Study of Language, Death and Revival, with a particular focus on Manx Gaelic. This was part of my studies for an MA in Linguistics at Bangor University. And as part of my research, I went to the Isle of Man. I met Manx speakers and learners and other people involved with the language. I went to conversation groups, music sessions, and other groups using Manx. And since then, I've been to the island a number of times. What really helped me was when I was doing my research, I contacted people to set up interviews and meetings and tried to use Manx as much as possible. It took me an hour to write a few lines of an email or a text message in Manx But the process of doing so really helped me to learn more of the language. And each time I go back to the Isle of Man, I've been several times since then, mainly to music festivals, I try and speak as much Manx as possible. At one time when I was going there, I was on the ferry from Heisham to Douglas, and I met a friend who's fluent in Manx. And we had a conversation for the whole three or four hours of the trip entirely in Manx. Well, with bits of Irish and Scottish Gaelic thrown in for good measure as well. And for some reason, we decided to translate Bohemian Rhapsody into Manx. Well, she did most of the translation, but we had a lot of fun. And by the end of that trip, I decided that I could actually speak the language. I could have a conversation. It gave me the confidence to use it. Even though if I didn't know all the words, I wasn't perfect. And since then, my ability to speak it has improved somewhat, although I rarely actually use it. And now I think it's time for a song. This is one I wrote some years ago. In Manx and English, it's called Spoligans and Tay, Chips for Tea. I was inspired to write this after seeing young herring girls squawking and screeching at their parents and thinking, what are they saying? What do they want? And this is what I came up with. All i mm-hmm. That was Spallagans and Tay, or Chips for Tea by Simon Eger. Hey, that's me, isn't it? I think that'll do for now. I hope you found this interesting and informative. And maybe you'll be inspired to have a go at learning manx. And if you do, good luck. I viort. You can find some notes on this episode and links and videos of people speaking manx on omnigot.com slash radio. You can contact me at feedback at omniglot.com more that thank you very much for listening and goodbye.